What's up, everyone? My name is B, and you are listening to the Brand Eye Podcast. This podcast talks about navigating our 20-somethings, the good, the bad, and the ugly parts of our journeys, and learning to embrace every part of your story, because your life is your brand, and so many people would benefit from just seeing you live authentically. No one has all of the answers. We're all trying to figure it out. We're in a season that is considered by some to be the most wonderful time of the year and by others to be the hardest time of the year. Um, We're in the holiday season and I think about how my view and feelings around the holiday season have changed um, the older that I've gotten and the more that I have seen in life because as a child I used to love the holiday season. I loved the Christmas movies. I loved waiting for Santa Claus. I loved going Christmas shopping. I loved the music and New Year's drinking the um, sparkling apple juice at midnight. I loved it all and it was one of my favorite times. But then after losing my brother, I lost my brother on my first day of eighth grade and things changed for me and perspectives changed because I also saw a shift in the world around me. I saw a shift in the way that my family members viewed the world and I saw a shift in the way that I viewed the world. So this episode, I would like to talk about grief and navigating grief because sometimes it can feel really lonely when grieving during the holiday season because for me personally, I don't want to bring anyone down or I feel this sense of shame for feeling sadness during this time of the year when it's supposed to be a joyous time, a time of peace and hope and joy and love. But I'm also going to acknowledge that grief doesn't just happen when we lose a loved one. Um, But it also happens in so many other scenarios. And the thing that I'm learning is that in my 20s, I'm going to be grieving a lot because there are lost dreams, lost hope, lost relationships there. For some people, they may have lost a job. So it's tough. It's really tough out here. But the more that I go through the process and embrace my emotions, the more that I'm able to learn about myself and how beneficial beneficial it really is to allow myself to go through the process. Growing up, I had the opportunity to learn about the five stages of grief because I have a father that's a psychotherapist and a mother that was a pastor and they did a lot of counseling. And so I learned about those five stages, which are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. But those stages didn't become real to me and didn't make sense to me until I had to go through them on my own. So the past year has been tough for me because I lost my mother in September and then not long after holiday season started and fall used to be my favorite time of the year, but it was hard for me to really enjoy it because my mother was the glue that kept the holidays together, in my opinion. And she had this excitement about the holiday season. And that excitement would usually rub off on me when I was feeling bleh about the holiday season. She'd always do something to get me excited again or to make Christmas feel magical again or like the new year meant something. Because sometimes it would just feel like it 
didn't matter. So when losing my mom, I remember smiling a lot. So I, I definitely broke down and had a tough time, but then it was like I snapped out of it shortly after, maybe a day after, and I was just expressing so much gratitude to just the resources and the people that I had in my life. I was expressing gratitude to the fact that my mother didn't have to suffer anymore. And I came to the realization during this phase that I was also grieving my mother while she was still living. Because while she was still living, as time went on, she was able to do less. And I have always seen my mom as superwoman and being able to do anything and conquer the world in every way possible. So seeing her at a point where she had to get assistance um, when trying to walk or simple things or what I considered to be simple of turning up the TV or picking up the remote, those became very difficult tasks for her. But I just kept thanking God that she was in a better place and I just felt this renewed sense of energy. And I thought, okay, well, this is going to be easy because I have faith and I understand what happened and it hurts, but I'm not dead. So it's cool. So I went through this and I felt good. And then things started to just change a little bit and um, different emotions started to creep in and irritation started to become a very normal thing for me. And that's when I realized, wait a minute, this does hurt. Or there were small moments where I couldn't call my mother to tell her something or to ask her a question that made me angry. But then within the process of grieving my mother, I was grieving other things. Because not only did I lose her, but I lost other things. And while in that grieving process, I also ended a lot of friendships because of things that people may have said to me that felt very insensitive at the time. Or I didn't really have the energy to care about much. Um, or it was not hard to irritate me or frustrate me. And so I'm sitting here wondering what in the world is going on with me? And I remember just being in therapy and just trying to tell my therapist, I don't know what's going on. And he had to keep reminding me, Brandy, it hasn't even been a month or it hasn't even been three months. But the way that I saw this process was it was supposed to be black and white. I was supposed to cry about it. It should hurt. But then I would get back to life and I would go back to the way things used to be. I would go back to what used to be my normal. And then I had to learn that that's not really how things work out. And that's still something that I'm learning is whenever we lose something, whatever it is, we have to create a new normal. So my stages of grief had consisted of me trying to first get back that happiness and the normal that I used to have. And then I had to give into it. So when I was in that very enthusiastic, happy-go-lucky space, I thought that that would be the end of it. And people kept telling me, oh my gosh, it's going to hit, just be prepared. But that annoyed me because I'm like, well, first of all, can you let me feel what I'm supposed to be feeling right now? And right now I want to express gratitude because that's what's helping me get through this moment. And later I realized that that was actually 
the denial stage of grief. And I learned that in the denial stage of any grieving process, it's usually to help someone adjust. It's allowing time for your mind and your spirit to adapt to the fact that you just experienced a huge loss, whatever that loss was. So I found myself adapting and then I started to notice myself on emotional roller coasters. What I really remember was at one point I was just so angry and you know, I get mad, but this anger actually scared me because it would be like some kind of episode where, you know, my breathing would just become really heavy and it was be really fast. And then I started to get really dizzy and then my vision started to go in and out and it, I just, my my face was just, it turned beet red and I am black. So for me to be able to see how red I was turning was scary. And then I would just anger would just take over my body and I didn't understand where it came from because this would happen randomly. I would be working out listening to a podcast or listening to some of my favorite songs and then I would just get a rush of emotions and then it was like I saw myself as broken or as there being some kind of glitch because I'm like what is going on and I remember going to my therapist like hey I keep getting angry. What is going on and how can we fix it? I want to stop getting these episodes. And a question that he had to ask me was, well, why? And it caught me off guard because I'm like, what do you mean why? I just told you I'm angry and I don't want to be angry. But then that was the start of a conversation where I started to learn that there was no such thing as a necessarily bad emotion. But I had conditioned myself to believe that anger was bad. And I didn't just, you know, condition myself when I was grieving. That had been something that I thought all my life. I always felt a sense of guilt or shame for being angry, even if I had a right to be angry. And I saw anger as my enemy, not my friend or not a piece of me. I did not want to claim that anger. And we worked through it a little bit where I was like, okay, it's a, it's, you know, it's a part of me, whatever. It's natural. But I kept trying to push past these emotions. So when I would feel this episode coming on, I would try to work out harder or I would try to pick up the phone and scroll on Google or whatever. I would just try to do something or I look for some quick fix. I would Google a quick fix and then it just kept getting worse. The more that I would try to breeze past it, the worse that it would get. And it got so bad that one day I was in the gym and this episode came and it was like all of my failures and disappointments and loss that I had experienced came to haunt me in that moment. And I punched the elliptical. I broke the elliptical in my complexes gym and I was so embarrassed. I mean, I felt really good after punching this elliptical, but it also scared me that this is what happened and I felt as if I couldn't control it. So when I went back to therapy, I was like, okay, let's unpack this whole emotions thing that you were talking about because it's getting out of hand now. And it was really interesting because these episodes immediately went away once I started acknowledging my anger. So after the session where I was just open to acknowledging what I was angry about and I was accepting the fact that anger is a very real thing and it's part of the process, then it got a little easier for me. And 
it didn't seem so foreign to me. It felt therapeutic to be able to validate my feelings and validate just some of my thoughts. And, you know, I had feelings of abandonment. I had feelings of failure. I had feelings of hopelessness. And and all of that was jumbled up and created these fits or episodes of anger that I did not understand at the time. But it was so beautiful to see how relieved I felt once I started just acknowledging and validating how I felt. Because I used to be someone that in order for me to feel validated, I needed others approval. I needed someone to tell me I was right in being angry. Or I needed someone to tell me that, you know, I had every reason to be frustrated. And for once, I was doing what I needed for myself. I wasn't depending on anyone to provide that for me. And usually it was my mom that would provide that for me. She'd be a listening ear. And oftentimes she gassed me up if she knew I just needed to be gassed up in the moment or she talked me down when she saw I really needed to be talked down. She just knew me. And having to learn to do that on my own was tough. So then looking back, I see that there was a time where there were some moments I was in denial and then other moments I was in anger. And then I would go back to feeling extremely happy and grateful and just understanding that, wow, this is not something I wish would have happened, but here's the beauty that comes from it. And then I would hit rock bottom again. I would experience not being able to get out of bed. I would experience not picking up the phone or responding to text messages. I would experience that struggle that I had to even just get up and brush my teeth or take a shower. I would just sit and cry for hours. So then I went to my therapist again and I said, there's something wrong because I've been feeling better for the past week and now I'm back to square one. What is going on? And that's when I learned that grief is not a linear process. The stages don't happen in chronological order. And that was tough for me because I am someone who likes to have control. Whenever there's a problem, I want to be able to fix it. I don't want to have to deal with it for what I consider to be longer than necessary. And that was really tough for me because you're telling me that I did. I just need to ride the waves of the emotions that I'm feeling. And I would often ask my therapist or others who had lost someone, how much longer do I have until I feel okay again? How much longer do I have until I feel better? And it was scary for me. It was really scary to not know what I would be feeling in the next day. That was really, really, really hard because I like to know. I don't like surprises. I mean, no one wants to be surprised by the fact that, you know, someone that they love has died or a job that they really wanted, they didn't get it, or a dream that they had been working towards is no longer. That's not something you want to feel. But then the aftermath of it, it's just like, oh my gosh, there's more. There's more that I actually have to go through and that I have to experience. So in the denial 
phase going through it, I learned that I had to give my heart time to adjust. I had to give myself time and space. And in previous episodes, I've talked about how giving myself time and space has been hard because I am a huge avoider. And that's sometimes what we do, we as humans do in the denial phase. We want to avoid feeling the effects of that loss. So we avoid it. We start taking on more hours at work. We start hanging out with friends. For some people, it's drinking or some other kind of drug. And I knew that I was in such a fragile state that I was actually afraid to drink. And I told my therapist, you know, I I don't want alcohol to be something that I end up depending on because it makes me feel loose. But also, I don't know what emotions are going to come if I overindulge. And so for me personally, that wasn't a way that I was avoiding my emotions, but I know that it's also very common. And there were also some moments where I felt tempted, where it's like, okay, maybe if I take a drink or go out and let loose, I'll feel a little better. And I had to learn that that's not helping anything because the emotions just keep adding up and building up and piling up and then they explode. And so I would have these, you know, fits of anger or I would have these moments where I was just so irritated and I could not stand to talk to anyone. But then I started to learn that that was my mind and my spirit asking me for some space. It was an indicator that I needed to stop and acknowledge the pain that I had experienced. And that was really tough for me. And then I got to a point where I started trying to bargain. So I started thinking about all of the what ifs. I started making comparisons to others and I actually had to get off of social media because I would get on social media and I would see these people who were just extremely happy. And of course, I'm happy for all of my friends and I want them to win. There's nothing wrong at all with celebrating those wins, but I wasn't in a space where I could see that and not make comparisons. To me, I felt as if God was punishing me and my faith really started to waver. My faith really, really struggled during this process because I wanted to know what kind of God would have me go through everything that I was going through. It made no sense to me. It just, it absolutely made no sense of, I also wondered, you know, because some people would tell me that this was so that we could learn to love him and depend on him. And I would think like, that's not love to me. For you to hurt me so that I have to depend on you sounds more like manipulation. And if you're real and if you care, why would you do this? Why? Why? It, it made no sense to me. And then I started to, bar- I just started to bargain. I would pray for different outcomes I prayed that God would not put me through anything else after this. I prayed that the things that were still on this earth in my life that I had lost would come back or that they would just make sense. And so during the bargaining stage of my grief, I struggled to accept the loss and accept the reality that there were limits to the control that I had over each situation. I exerted so much energy trying to fix everything. I exerted so much energy trying to force everything around me. I spent so much time begging for so many different things. And after a while, I just got 
tired. I got tired of fighting because I was fighting and fighting and fighting. And then I got to a point where I realized I'm fighting for the wrong things because here I am a person of faith. And if I believe that some things are out of our control and that God has the final say, then why am I literally trying to fight? And it made it hard for me to let go of other situations in my life because losing one thing, losing my mom, it made me want to have some type of control in other aspects of my life. One of the most profound things that anyone has ever said to me was that our need to control uh, usually is a product of our anxieties. And that really resonated with me because I thought about everything that I tried to control and I looked at what the root of that was. So for some of my situations, I even looked back at past relationships that I had been in, both romantic and platonic, and clinging to them and trying to control the outcome. And that was a product of my fear and insecurity of being alone. Because I felt like, wow, I've always ended up getting the short end of the stick. I always end up missing out on the good things and I don't want to be alone forever. So I was really anxious about that. And that caused me to try to control things that I had no business controlling. And it made things a lot worse. And it was hard on me because not only am I putting in all of this energy into fixing things that I couldn't necessarily fix, when I could have been using that energy to heal and to grow and to take time and space for myself. There are so many things in my life that I have tried to control and I've taken on the blame when they didn't go my way because I thought that I could prevent certain things from happening, but you can't. I couldn't prevent myself from losing my mother. It was very hard and bargaining is applicable to the past and the present because sometimes we think about or and I definitely thought about what could have been so for a little bit I took on the responsibility for my mom dying because her and I got COVID at the same time and she kept warning my dad and I that if she got COVID with her condition it would just make things 10 times worse and the cancer would get out of hand. And I would roll my eyes like, okay, lady, relax. Like Rona is not coming to get you. You're fine. You stay inside all the time. And then her and I were both diagnosed at the same time. And fast forward some months and the doctor said that it was after she got COVID that they lost control of her cancer. And I thought about, wait, did I bring that into my parents' home? and get her sick. And then she could have been alive right now and a lot better. And the same mom that I knew, the same superwoman, had she not had COVID. And I really struggled with that for a while. And I had to fight not to give in to that thought. So yes, giving myself space and time to feel, but not becoming obsessed with the what ifs or not becoming obsessed with the things that I couldn't control. I had to learn how to stop bargaining and putting all of my energy into bargaining for things that really were out of my control. Recording my thoughts, writing them down and acknowledging them. And then I would just think about what is the root of this? Why do you think that you were able to control this? What would be the harm in just letting it be 
and just letting things go? What would be the harm in accepting the fact that my mother is gone and no matter what would have happened, this was her time to go and there's nothing that I can do about it except except then the depression stage would kick back in and that was a feeling of emptiness for so long and even sometimes now I wake up with a heavy feeling of emptiness in my heart and that emptiness is you know like I can't fill it with anyone else I can't replace my mother or my mother's love I can't replace the lost friendships and relationships I can't replace the lost dreams but I can honor the fact that these were very beautiful seasons in my life that helped me grow in so many ways and that were so enjoyable, but their time came to an end. And that leads me into the acceptance stage because this is my favorite stage of grief because I finally come to understand what it means to reach the acceptance stage. And initially, when I had realized that I was going through the grieving process, I was experiencing the various stages of the grieving process, I initially thought that acceptance meant just being happy and being okay with everything and just practicing gratitude. So in the beginning stages when I was like, oh, I'm fine, you know, this was meant to happen. This was part of God's plan. I thought, okay, I accept it. And one session I was talking to my therapist and I said, okay, how will I know that I'm actually in the acceptance state? And that was really hard because I kept looking at my checklist of what I thought acceptance meant and comparing it to what I was feeling and they did not align. I was still hurt, I was still sad, and I was not happy about the circumstances. Then I learned that acceptance doesn't necessarily mean that you are just happy and totally fine and you've moved on and you're no longer grieving. Acceptance means that you're able to acknowledge and accept the reality of what happened. You're able to acknowledge and accept the fact that this was out of your control. So I realized I was practicing acceptance when I was no longer giving into the idea that I killed my mother or when I was no longer thinking about what steps I should have taken to prevent this. And then once I was able to accept that reality, acceptance then became a norm in other aspects of my life. It was just such a beautiful thing because I stopped trying to force things. I left everything alone and I just walked away and focused on me. And I focused on what was within my control. I can't control other people's actions. I can't control whether I'm going to get a promotion. I can't control whether things are going to work out in the way that I want them to, or that the circumstances will be perfect for me to achieve that goal I've been working towards. But I can control what I do, and how I show up, and how I view the situations. That's so beautiful to me. I didn't like it at first, but the more that I would address those insecurities or understand the root cause, the easier and yeah, the easier it would be for me to just acknowledge that sometimes life happens and we have to ride those waves. There's an acronym that I learned and it's RAIN. R-A-I-N. And this acronym is something I think about when I'm going through a hard time and it helps me 
not fall into the same patterns. So the R stands for recognize, recognizing what I'm feeling in that moment. A is allow, allow myself to feel it. Don't try to change it or tell myself that I'm crazy or just invalidate my feelings, but allowing myself to be angry, to be sad, to be happy, whatever that emotion is. The I is investigate, investigate why I'm feeling the way that I feel. I, so when I apply you know, the investigate to those episodes of anger that I was experiencing, I would take a pause and say, okay, what are you frustrated about, B? Because before I would just say, well, I don't know what, why I'm angry. I, there's just literally no reason. And then when I was more intentional about acknowledging that emotion, investigating it became a lot easier. And I found that there was a reason behind those emotions. There were emotions that I could identify, but I just needed to give myself space. So we have R, recognize, A, allow, I, investigate, and then N, nurture. Nurture what you're feeling. And I'm learning that emotions are a part of us. They're what we feel. You know, I could tell myself, you don't deserve to be mad, but I'm mad. So what? So now what? So instead of trying to invalidate those feelings, allowing myself to just be mad and nurturing and tending to that, not trying to talk myself out of it, rather validating it, saying, you know what? You have been through a lot, B. I had to learn how to be compassionate. Practicing self-compassion is no easy feat, but it's so rewarding because I used to be of the mindset that tears are for your pillow at night or or facts don't care about your feelings. And I had to remind myself, okay, the facts may not care about my feelings, but my feelings are mine. They're part of me and they deserve to be acknowledged. I deserve to be heard. And why not give myself the love that I'm looking for? Then that helped me address a lot of the insecurities and anxiety that I felt around my future because I started to learn that I have me and I'm pretty great. I may not always believe that or know that or see it, but the more I practice it, the more I'm able to see it. And it's such a beautiful thing. It's such a beautiful feeling to be able to celebrate you, to be able to validate you, to be able to see you especially when you don't feel seen. Then once I started practicing that and that became a norm for me, I was less hungry for attention from those around me or for uh, validation from those around me, but I was more content with where I was at. And then I stopped putting up with stuff. I am now the queen of boundaries because I know that I deserve more. So I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I'm unhappy in any of my relationships. I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I'm chasing anyone or trying to get them to see my worth or my value. I'm not going to make decisions based on fear. And I'm not perfect at doing these things, but it's a lot better. And it feels icky for me now to put up with certain things I used to put up with. It feels yucky to me now to wait around in circumstances that I used to wait around in. It just does not feel good when I don't take care of myself. It's almost like indulging in junk food or looking for instant gratification because instant gratification is great. And that instant gratification for me used to be sweeping the emotions under the rug, not going through 
through um, the stages of grief, not allowing myself to feel what I was feeling. And then those feelings would come back with a vengeance and I would be even more hurt. And my healing would seem even more or even less realistic. And I've noticed that my holiday cheer is starting to come back. I'm starting to want to watch holiday movies again. I'm starting to want to listen to Christmas music. And I can't help but wonder if that has to do with the fact that I have now been committed to taking care of myself and being there for myself. Because I used to see the holidays as extremely lonely because I didn't feel as if I had anyone. I felt all alone. But now I'm able to see that I have myself. And I have beautiful people around me. I have a beautiful village around me and I can be grateful for both. I'm not heavily reliant on one, but I'm able to show up in different spaces, show up in different relationships, content with who I am. And because I'm content, there's a lot more happiness. There are a lot more meaningful relationships being built and there is a sense of security in my life. There is a sense of joy in my life. And so even though I still grieve during this holiday season and it's not very easy for me some days, it's a lot better than what it was because I'm giving my mind and spirit the nutrients that they need to continue to press forward. One thing that I learned about while going through the grieving process was something called post-traumatic growth. This is when we find and experience transformation after trauma. We begin to find meaning in our hardship. The adversity that we faced, we find the beauty in it. And we acknowledge that it was still something that was hard, but because we were able to navigate such a tough time and practice self-compassion and allow ourselves to feel, then we develop personal strength, um, deeper relationships, and a greater appreciation for life. We understand that there are new possibilities and we experience spiritual development. And that makes me so excited because I think about when I first started my grieving process. I didn't know or understand that that would change my life in so many ways and in good ways. I did not understand the growth and the peace and the hope that would come from such an ugly and challenging process. Sometimes I feel this sense of pride when I think about what I've gone through as of late and who I've become as a result. It makes me feel really proud and it makes me even more proud to be able to acknowledge that because I'm not someone who's always been able to acknowledge my growth or see the beauty in who I am as a person. There's so much beauty in the process. And so I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that you are able to heal and grow from the challenges that you have experienced, especially those within the past year. I hope that you are able to practice self-compassion if you're not exactly where you want to be right now at this stage in your life. And I hope that you're able to give yourself that love and the joy and the hope that you deserve 
as you reflect on where you've been and where you're headed. I am a person of faith and my faith means everything to me, but I also find comfort in knowing that there are some things that we experience or go through that are supported by science. It helps me understand that there are other people who have been through similar things. And although the challenges may not look the same, they've experienced similar amounts of pain and they've understood what it felt like or what it means to not want to get out of bed in the morning or not want to fight anymore. And post-traumatic growth is something that is actually a scientific thing. It was discovered by psychologists research has been done to understand this theory. And so if you're thinking like, okay, this girl is just talking and she's just trying to say something that will make me feel better, there's actually research to back this theory. It's a very real thing. We grieve because we love something and we had a tremendous amount of love for that thing, that person, that situation, that dream, whatever it is. So in moments of anger and bitterness, I also try to express gratitude for something that once was, something that provided me with beautiful memories and growth. Even though the grieving process is not always beautiful, I'm grateful for the experiences that led to that grief and eternally grateful for the lessons that I learned from the process and the growth that I experienced from the process. Despite it being tough, it helped me grow and see things from a different perspective. With that being said, my quote of the week is an Arab proverb that stayed sunshine all the time makes a desert. And my question for you is, what has made your life meaningful during this period? And then how might you carry that meaning forward into your next season of life? Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm always excited to hear from you all, to hear your responses, your feedback, or even receive some of the questions that you have for me. So please feel free to continue doing that. You can contact me at info at brandyethium.com. And please feel free to follow me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at brandyethium. All right, have a great week and happy holidays.